welcome back to Unclassical. Welcome back, everybody. How are you? Yes, how are you? And how am I? I'm swell. Thank you very much for asking. Greatly, yes, greatly yes. appreciate it. Yes, 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 yes. So we're jumping back in this week with... Um, David Copperfield. David Copperfield. And last week, uh, where had we gotten to? So David was on his way to school, wasn't he? Yeah, after... and he just snotted on the horse. <laughs> He'd snotted all over his hanky that had been put on the horse to drive. Thank you. And then the driver was like, uh, oh yeah, then he like read the note from his mum, just sort of basically saying, all oh, my love, because lol, she can't say it in person, because yeah, abuse. Yeah, because problems. Um, and uh, then he was like, yeah, maybe maybe leave the hanky there, David, don't cry anymore, because... Uh, uh, Toxic masculinity. Toxic masculinity and snotty horse butts. Yeah, so that is where we are picking up. Thank you, Ross. Right, so the guy who is driving the cart is called Barkis. Barkis. Uh, now, he, uh, yeah, we get more from him later. But So Davy gives him some of his cake and Barkis starts going, hmm... That uh, Pegatee that jumped out to come see us... Oh, Barkis is a bit more like this, sorry. Pegatee that uh, jumped out... Uh, did she make these cakes? And Davy's mm. like, uh, yeah? <laughs> like, yeah. pretty distraught, but yeah? Sure. Sure. And Barkis is like, hmm, she's single? <laughs> literally. <laughs> literally the way to a man's yeah. heart is through his stomach, to yeah. be fair. Yeah, it's like, great. that is a banging cake. I was going to wife that lady. <laughs> Genius. So, uh, Dave, so he asks Davy, uh, could he write uh, Peggy a message when he gets uh, to school? Sorry, I'm, I'm in the middle of being distraught by having to say goodbye to all of my family forever. Yeah. yeah but could you hook me up? Though? Could you hook me up though, bro? And this is what he wants the message to say. Barkis is willing. <laughs> she's like, who the fuck is Barkis? <laughs> who the fuck is Barkis and is willing? Oh, don't put yourself out, mate. Like, Literally. You don't get to enjoy my delicious cakes. <laughs> Willing, like <laughs> I'm willing to wife you. If... Who the fuck is Barkis and willing to what? <laughs> well, did you... I think he is kind of known as like the horse and cart man. So she would have like called him like, "Oh, can you come take Davy to the place to get yeah, him to but school?" That wasn't a very interesting mm. like, d- deal for her. No, it wasn't. <laughs> like, do you remember the guy who delivered Asta? <laughs> Jim, I know, I never met. Him. But yeah, like <laughs> no, why? Did he mention me? <laughs> hey, he, said your, he said your name was hot. Oh. No, that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we should have done the whole I'm Marsha and Katie thing. So Marsha's telling the story. Marsha is telling the story and Marsha's the one with the weird name. Okay, God. Katie's not weird. So, Barkis is driving... Uh, I was going to say Katie. Barkis is driving Davy along and he gets dropped off at this inn before getting a night coach. Okay. So that's where he's driving him to. And uh, so Davy goes in to have dinner that's all kind of been prearranged and paid for. But he gets really conned by the waiter. Like Isn't the... he like 10? 8. You can't con children. That's really glow. <laughs> Wait, does it happen? So the waiter's basically like, would the young master like some ale? And uh, cause no. apparently... Oh my God, they give the children so much alcohol in this book. Brilliant, right? Um, so Davy's like, um, yeah, sure. And, <laughs> then, and then so he's pouring it out and then the waiter's like, oh, um, someone actually died the other day after drinking this. Should I get you some water instead? Oh, but ugh, I've gone and poured it now and they don't like waste. Uh, I could do you a solid and drink it for you. <laughs> Can you go fuck yourself? <laughs> Literally. And Davy's like, would you? Thank you. I wouldn't want them to be angry about the waste. And like, Davy, <sighs> kick him in the. It's literally taking taking the sweets from a baby. Yeah, isn't it? literally. Like, you can't con children. Yeah, and funny, <laughs> but problematic. You can. He do it, and then he keeps doing stuff like this, and he basically eats all of Davy's dinner, and it's a ridiculously huge dinner for a child. But the waiter eats it all. And Sorry, then... does he not have other tables to wait? I think 
not really no like because they've paid in advance to have like this little boy fed and the waiter's like excuse me i was gonna get drunk i was gonna eat other food yeah what an asshole what an asshole and so then so he's getting paid to steal food from a child yes genius best job ever <laughs> <laughs> so he eats all of his food then he goes to drop davy off at the coach and he everyone's taking the piss about how much davy has eaten and they're like Me, jesus fat shaming yeah literally and they're like oh my god he's eaten so much and davy's like fucking hungry and then he gets on the coach and he's like well at least i can have peggotty's cakes i've left them at the inn <laughs> davy is not having a good day also why does everyone firstly know what he's eaten do they do like a round when everyone got on the ship like uh, and what did you have for dinner what did you, you have the pie the waiter like comes and he's like he's eaten all the meats pie Burp. literally <laughs> he's eaten like, all the potatoes Burp. and all the puddings too like yeah. fat shit literally and then david's like I'm hungry. Poor like, Davy. Poor Davy. And so he's on the night coach and there's like, he's opposite this old lady and she puts all her stuff under his legs because his legs are like short, so storage room. But she doesn't Rude. want him like jostling her stuff. So every they time... They don't put it there. Literally. But every time he moves, she kicks him. Kick her in the teeth. Kick her in the fucking face. Literally. Every like... time you kick me, I remove part of your head. <laughs> yeah. And so it's really crammed in there anyway. And um, he keeps getting squeezed too much. And when he gets squeezed, he shouts, oh, if you please. <laughs> why is why is, is Davy literally our dog Tilly? Oh, if you please, get oh, away. you please. I don't like it. Sorry, that's the end of the notes in that section. He's, well, we've established that Davy's having a terrible time, and Victorians not only can you not leave them in the rain, yeah. can't leave them with children because they're terrible. <laughs> they'll starve them and steal their food, and so, then hit them <laughs> for not being still. Everyone is terrible. So, um, Davy has his traumatic coach journey. Yeah. And then he gets picked up by a teacher at the other end from the school called Mr. Mel. And by this point, Davey's like, dude, I was going to black out. Like, um, I've got some money that his mum gave mm. him. Can we please go and buy me some food? And uh, the teacher's like, oh, like, sees Davey's like quite in a state. He's like, yeah. sure. So he goes and like buys him some food and takes him back to um, where his mum lives and um, gets his mum to make him breakfast, essentially. Where the teacher's mum lives. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> All the way back. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No, where the teacher's mum lives. Yeah. And um, it's obviously like a very poor house. Like, they haven't got a lot of money. And uh, yeah. So she gives him breakfast anyway. The teacher plays a flute really badly. Davey falls asleep. Teacher wakes him up, takes him to school. Kind that was of... creepy. Yeah, it was really weird. Davy's a bit like. So Is he's... that not from Lion Witch in the Wardrobe where Mr. Tumnus plays the flute and then like <laughs> bewitches Lucy to fall asleep and shit? And then he's like, I'm such a terrible fall. So, so terrible. What? Similar. No, literally, in this bit, he's really bad at playing the flute. So Davy's like, oh, I'm so full now. I'm so tired. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Shut up. I'm going to laugh myself. I just said I have to listen to you play. <laughs> yeah, but he falls asleep regardless and then yeah. wakes up and off to school. Um, then he arrives at school and the head teacher has been told all about him from Mr. Murdstone. Mr. Murdstone. And um, says that uh, he is to wear a placard around his neck, which says, take care of him. He bites. So That's kind not of humiliating or anything. Yeah, I was like, they didn't have social media to ruin your reputation, so they just had to have placards around the neck. Yeah, this also, also reminded me of Jane Eyre. Like, didn't she have to wear? Like, she had a... to stand on the chair, didn't she? Yeah, and I don't think she had a placard, did she? But everyone had to like know she was a bad girl. Yeah, yeah. Well, and then remember. wasn't it like, oh, but Helen's so good. She smiled at her. Fucking thanks. <laughs> thanks, Helen. Absolute babe. Yeah. So obviously, all the other boys severely ripped the piss out of him. But then. In enters Jay Steerforth, who is top dog. Jay Steerforth. 
J Dot. I can't remember what his first name is. He's Steerforth. Steerforth. <laughs> it's all surnames. It's boys' school. Yeah. So he's the top dog. He's hot. He's intelligent. And Davy is jizzing. And Steerforth comes over and goes, "Oh, that placard. It's a, uh, it's a jolly shame." <laughs> and Davy's like, "I love you. <laughs> I, I will do anything for you, Steerhard." <laughs> Steerforth. Steerforth. He's going to steer him hard. He's going to steer him very hard. Um, to then Steerforth basically finds out that Davy's got money and manipulates him into giving him all his money to spend on snacks for the other boys. He's like, wouldn't you like some nice, jolly good snacks, Davy? And, uh, you know, I could uh, get them for you because you probably won't know what to get and that sort of thing. But if you give me your money, I will get the very best things and we can all get in that way and then we could all be friends. And Davy's like, oh, if you would, thanks. Davy, you, Davy, I mean, not meaning to victim blame. But you have got to learn that people are trash. <laughs> Literally, I've written like, um, obviously Davy is like, great, thank you. No, Davy, bite him. Bite everyone. Bite everyone. I've <laughs> yeah. already given you the placard. At least live up to it. Yeah, like, exactly. Start gnashing. <laughs> so after they've um, eaten all the food. So did they just not invite Davy to the party? Oh, no, they did. They had it all in their... Um, uh, dormitory but Davy's a bit sort of shy and everything and they're all kind of like wolfing it down he has like a little bit here and there but it's very much just bought food and drink for the other boys I think why are people so mean and I think they've bought something like plum wine and stuff and uh, Steerforth like keeps it he's like and I'll administer it as I see right would you like a capful Davy? everyone watch Davy have a capful I can't believe he's buying this shit <laughs> Like, it's very weird. So mean. Davy, literally bite them. Yeah, and so, um, yeah, they're all up, staying up late talking, and uh, as they're half undressed, it says, Steerforth and Davy have this conversation after everyone else has gone to bed. Steerforth says, you haven't got a sister, have you? And Davy's like... So Steerforth is admitting that he fancies him. Yeah. St- uh, Davy's like, no. And Steerforth goes, that's a pity. If you had one, I should think she would have been a pretty timid, little bright-eyed sort of girl. Gross. Yeah, I should have liked to know her. Good night, young Copperfield. Also... So he's going to Copperfield, young Copperfield. He is also, like, kind of about, I don't know, 15, 16. And Davy is still fucking eight. So why is everyone stealing from children? (laughs) And also... She's he's eight, so his sister. Oh, maybe he thinks she would have been older, but a pretty timid. Oh, they just want like such submissive, like because yeah, like Davy's submissive, so they're like, oh, you've been abused your life. Mm, your your sister's been even more abused. Yeah, I don't have a sister, but my mum is very easily manipulated. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so gross. Men are disgusting. Um. Then uh, Davy says about Davy narrating it. I thought of him very much after I went to bed and raised myself. Bet you did. I bet you did. <laughs> Thinking about good old steer hard. Uh, to look at him where he lay in the moonlight with his handsome face turned up and his head reclining easily on his arm. So they clearly really fancy each other. Like, oh, David, you can't fancy people, right? No. Hey, and also, Steerforth, you can't be talking about that because you're like 16. You can't 16. fancy eight-year-olds. So, Creepy. Weird. <laughs> so the school is obviously shit Victorian, like, abandoned boys school um, nice. although Steerforth isn't a band but anyway shit boys school uh, the teachers beat the kids they breed toxic masculinity so when they're beating the kids they're always like uh, everyone laugh at the kid funny isn't he a dickhead and the kids are like <laughs> dickhead yes dickhead yes pain oh the patriarchy <laughs> at one point Davy um, mentions to Steerforth that the teacher that picked him up Mr Mel had a very humble home and that also he played the flute really badly uh, and Steerforth is like I'm going to keep that little bit of knowledge in my pocket until I need it. Uh, yep, yeah, obviously, Steerforth is a cunt. And uh, one... Tiny little fucks. <laughs> yeah, there's one lesson where Mr. Mel is in charge and the kids are just going, like, crazy and he can't control them at all. They're playing Puss in the Corner. 
It's never explained. What is puss in the corner? I have no idea. Oh, oh, I was going to say something about this. Have I told you about my old work colleague and his parlour games, which he did with his family and his girlfriend that came round? Don't think so. Okay, so it was like Christmas time or something, and he invited his new girlfriend round. I think yeah. he's now his wife, and um, they have he has a game with his family, and it's called Poor Pussy. And what you have to do is someone is um, poor pussy, and they have to go around the entire family uh, pretending to be a cat, and the entire family has to stroke them and say poor pussy, and the first person to laugh uh, loses. <laughs> and if you like aren't the poor pussy and you laugh, then you become poor pussy. And so literally, he was there, she arrived, and they were like, do you want to play poor pussy? And she's like, what the fuck? This <laughs> makes me want to cry. And then she had to like go up to his dad and pretend to drink milk or something. His dad was like, poor pussy. That's and, disgusting. And he, Roger was, oh, beep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not editing these very much at the moment, so it's ours. Um, we're yeah. naming and shaming you, we're family. <laughs> he was like, um, uh, it's one of those things you don't realise it's weird until there's an outsider. Like, no. Beep. It's always weird. That is always weird. <laughs> yeah. That's for, why do your family want to touch each other? And call each other poor pussy. No. It's not a fucking thing. We're so lucky she married you. Yeah. Anyway, maybe that's I what they're think. playing. <laughs> um So Mr. Mel... Lots of pent up, like, sexual tension. Yeah, that's true. So Mr. Mel just basically tells all the boys to shut up. and Let me be the poor pussy. <laughs> yeah. The card. Let me play. And um, him and Steerforth basically come head to head. And Steerforth tells Mel that um, Mr. Mel can't tell him what to do. And Mr. Mel basically says, you're mean and you ought to be know better than to be cruel to people less fortunate in life than you. Because like Steerforth is very rich and entitled and everything. He's like, mm. basically, you can't fucking touch me, Mr. Mel. And My Mr. daddy Mel- has a Porsche. Yeah, and Mr. Mel's like, well, you could not be a cunt, though. Yeah, you could, like, like you're learn to old enough to be know better. So, and then Steerforth doesn't like this and calls, him, uh, calls Mr. Mel an impudent beggar, uh, which is pretty fucking rude. rude. And then the miss, uh, the headmaster's, like, walking by and he comes in, like, what's all this noise? Yeah, pompously pops in. <laughs> yeah, and uh, takes Steerforth's side. And Steerforth um... basically dobs him in. He's like, did you know Mr. Mel's mum lives on charity? And uh, He can't even play the goddamn flute! can't even play the flute. And the head teacher is like, is this true? Am I paying you so that you can support yourself and your mother? What What is this? This isn't a place for charity. And Mr. Mel's like... No, you're paying me because I do a fucking job and yeah. I use my money to live. Yeah, that's how I want to do it. And then Mr. Mel's like, well, that doesn't change anything. It doesn't change my position in the school. And the teacher's like, I, I don't pay people who can't support themselves without a job. I only pay people who want to work because they don't have to support themselves. Get out! What? I know! Does that... What? So you're not allowed to have a job if you need a job. Yeah. What? What? So what? Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> what? So, I, and I thought it's kind of like now when people, you get a shitty job and people are like, why do you want to pack shelves at Tesco? Like, why don't you just get a better job like an architect? Or I was going to say no when you're working there and they're like, so what are like your goals and aspirations when you're packing the shelves? To get paid. Like, I like money. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I'm applying for jobs at the moment and I keep like, so what makes you want to do this job? Yeah. The fact you pay me, yeah. to be honest, is the main drive. Pretty good incentive, to be honest. Yeah. But where do you want to build our company? Or wasn't the one when you applied for oh B&Q? Oh my god, I applied for fucking B&Q. And I was like, oh, I don't want to get stabbed. <laughs> but they make you do this questionnaire. And it's like, if you saw that there was another company down the road who stocked the same bikes, that, uh, bikes as us, how would you respond? It's like, would you A, do nothing? <gasps> or would you B, hold, hold everyone back at the end of the day and discuss how you can make our bikes look more appealing? And I was like... 
if I do B, which is obviously what you want me to click on, I'm going to get fucking knived. Yeah. So... And, it's like, and also, you don't pay me enough to care about your company. Yeah, I ridiculous. do not care. Like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyway, back to the story. Yeah. So they kick Mr. Mel out, and all the boys are, like, cheering, and Davey's, like, confused, and he's like, uh, yay, why are we happy? This seems really harsh. And then there's this one other boy called Traddles, who's found... Traddles. That's his surname, obviously. Can't be uh, Traddles. Can't be called Traddles. Uh, and he's found in tears, not cheers. And so they swiftly beat him. <laughs> like, it's so toxic. toxic. It's so bad. Um, what? <laughs> uh, masculinity toxicity is painful. It's so weird. Um, so anyway, for some reason, Steerforth has been like to Davy, oh, your voice soothes me. So you must um, tell me stories before bed and when I wake up in the morning. And, and Why don't you fuck yourself? Yeah, and to give you like extra fortitude for this, um, I shall give you some of the plum wine that you bought. Why don't you fuck yourself? Give me my plum wine before I beat you to death with it. Literally. And then that night, Davy's telling Steerforth his story. And it's his conscience. It's not literal. But he feels he can feel Mr. Mel mournfully playing his flute outside. But I was like, it'd just be so funny if that was true. Like, you got me fired, you shit. To be fair, it's hilarious. Genius. Got me fired. I'm going to keep you up. Oh, oh no, like, I got nowhere to be. I don't got a job, but you got lessons. <laughs> yeah, literally. I was like, you should have done it. I can stay out here. Oh, Take yeah. this, you pricks. Yeah. So, anyway, they find a new teacher and Steerforce declares he is a brick. So, that's good. <laughs> Nothing like being a good old strong brick with no brain cells <laughs> as a teacher. So, oh, and then Ham and Mr. Peggotty come to visit Davy at school, which, uh, uh, it says they're squeezing each other against the wall, whatever that means. I guess they kind of feel out of place, so they're trying to like make themselves inconspicuous. So Peggotty and Ham. Oh, Mr. Peggotty. So Peggotty's uh, yes, brother yes, yes. and Ham, the guy that lives with yeah. him. So they bring him a load of seafood, which I kind of feel couldn't have travelled well. Oh, but... fishy. Yeah, but whatever. And they're both kind of a bit awkward, and Mr. Peggotty doesn't really have much to say. So do you remember Mrs. Gummidge that lived with them, like yeah. the old lady? Yeah. Um, all he says is, the old mother boiled them. She did. Mrs. Gummidge boiled them. Yes, Mrs. Gummidge, I do assure you. Uh, she boiled them. Brilliant, great. <laughs> like, I am pleased to hear it. <laughs> How was the journey? <laughs> it's so awkward. Apparently, Emily is becoming quite the woman. She's At maximum eight. like nine. Yeah. Like, no, a little so, time's passed, but not that much fucking time. So that time. while she's briefly beginning to touch the edges of puberty, mm. therefore she'd get hurt. She's quite the woman, and she has nice big black writing. Which is... What? Cool. She has right. very clear writing. Well, what if she wrote with a red pen? <laughs> Great. Um, Steerforth appears, and everyone just simultaneously jizzes. Um, um, it, damn, that's a hot youth. Literally. <laughs> <laughs> he is hot. Uh, it says Steerforth doesn't swagger, but this wanker swaggers. He's swaggering. I can smell it. He smell. He swaggers in a way. It's like oh, it's not a swagger. This is just how I naturally it, walk. It's a sachet. It's cool being fabulous and hot and trying sometimes. Yeah. So um, the time goes on and the holidays are fast approaching. And then Davy's on his way home and he wakes up in the carriage expecting to see the school, but sees the coachman touching up the horses. Look, you can be proud of your job without being into bestiality. Literally. Like... Don't fiddle the horses. They've had to deal with snot on them. They don't need your jizz as well. <laughs> they don't need to be touched by That's you, like, driver. Um, um... Also, I'm not being funny, mate, but I am a horse with very big hooves yeah. and I will literally kick you to death. <laughs> it's so funny the language is changed. But anyway, yeah, they're touching up the horses and then 
so that's that bit. Barkis picks Davy up again for the last bit and informs his he's still waiting for an answer after his willing well, you letter. You didn't really give much information. Barkis is willing. Brilliant, great. Who's Barkis? What am I meant to do with that? <laughs> Literally. And Davy was like, I was kind of busy going to school and being traumatized, mate. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I don't really care about you getting your dick wet. Yeah, like, uh, fine. I didn't realize it was your personal matchmaker. Leave it with me, I fucking guess. Peggy's like, well, to be fair, I'm your personal matchmaker for you and Emily. Yeah, so, you know. Yeah, Do me a little favor, mate. Yeah. So, Davy gets home and finds out his mum has had a baby. And, Gross. Yeah, his mum's like, here's your brother, she says, as she was fondling me. Language really has changed, <laughs> hasn't it? Right. It's very he was your brother. Mommy was making me very uncomfortable. <laughs> First the horses, now you, Mum. Please unhand, unhand the child. Unhand me. Why is all old-fashioned language dirty? Like, when did it? Or everyone just change their minds? Like, this is the way we've been talking, but now we're just going to make it very sexual. Was it? actually always meaning this and it's just our culture's changed like it's not cool to touch kids yes. she can't have meant that she must have mean like touching his hair or something yeah. lovely well, i suppose you do like say if you were holding like a gossamer napkin you might fondle it in your hands but it's, it's got real sexual connotations it does yeah it's a fiddle isn't it yeah it, i was playing no you could say you were playing with the napkin fiddling with the napkin but that's better than fondle yeah yeah it's like in um what was the book that i did Dorian Gray. Yeah. I was like, I can't need too much leg time. I'm not editing. <laughs> and they murmur everything. Yeah. Murmur nah, makes nah. it really weird. Like, you can't be like, hello, everyone. He murmured. It's. You've just everyone. brought up a repressed memory. Gross. I remember. So I went to a convent. Yeah. And uh, I remember in an English class, uh, we were talking about like the connotations of language. And we were talking about the word fondle. And our English teacher said, if I was to fondle a cat, what would you think? That <laughs> you were really perverted. <laughs> That's a very odd conversation to have with a load of teenage girls. Was your teacher male or male? Grace. Yeah. Grace. Yeah. He was very odd. Anyway. How how would you feel if I fondled a pussy? (laughs) (laughs) If I fondled a pussy in front. Literally. Oh, okay. Dirty old man. Let's go boycott him. Let's repress that one back down. Fuck it. Back down on that one goes. Oh, on this subject, later Miss Murdstone says that she hopes her brother's penetration into (gasps) David will help her understand his character better. Can't rape kids. (laughs) I mean, can't rape anyone, but... Definitely not kids. Definitely not kiddies, Mr. Murdstone. Yeah, not, not kiddies. kiddies. Not kiddies. Um, so the Murdstones then say that Davy isn't allowed to hang out with Miss Peggotty um, anymore because she's essentially too lowly, um, which is just mean. And they hate him being near the baby or his mum. So, uh, oh yeah. Then so just brooding great to sit in your room and don't do anything. Yeah, just don't respond to anything. Okay. And um, the Murdstone, oh yeah, his mum at one point is like, I think Davy and the new little boy, whatever his name is, uh, look quite alike. And the Murdstones just pretty much project our vomit everywhere. Yeah. Oh, they don't like it. Um, so yeah, he's not allowed to socialise at home. Um, and I swear there's like this thing because he can't do anything. He just has to sit there and then Miss Murdstone keeps being like, oh my God, you look so dormant and vacant. You think? I you can't... don't let me do anything. I just have to sit. Sorry if I look a bit fucking bored. Yeah. Um, he can see his mum starting to look a bit ill. But before you know it, it's back to school and off he goes. Uh, Brilliant, so he's at school, time elapses, and it's his birthday. And he's summoned to the parlour where the headmaster and his wife is. The headmaster's just being grouchy and eating loads of buttered toast. So, to be fair, that's lovely. That's lo- lovely. Um, and then his wife, Mrs. Creakle, tells Davy... Creakle? To... Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Creakle. They're horrible oh, people. Creakle. Yeah. I thought Creakle. Oh, like, like Creakle. Little... Queef. <laughs> She's very creepy. Queef, queef, queef. Hi, Davy. Queef, queef, queef. Please sit down. Uh, so, 
Yeah, she tells David to sit down and says, It grieves me to tell you that I hear this morning your mama is very ill. On his birthday! Wait for it. She is very dangerously ill. She is dead. I was like, yes, Mrs. Creakle, that is that's quite ill. She's <laughs> not dangerously ill, is she? She's dead. She's, she's a bit beyond being yeah, ill. Yeah, like she's kind of past that point. She could have said dangerously ill in the night. Yeah. She's not dangerously ill this morning when she's dead. <laughs> she is dead now, babe. Yeah. Like, um Happy birthday to, to me! <laughs> Just a moment of like, can my life get worse? <laughs> yeah, literally. FML is shit. Like, <laughs> I gotta go cry on a horse. Yeah. <laughs> Where's my horse? I need to cry. Where's my horse? I gotta cry. So, um, you remember the kid Traddles who was beaten for being sad about Mr. Mel being yeah. fired? Um, Traddles. He, he's, he's basically too soft for this environment. He gets bullied a lot. He's a bit of a weirdo. But anyway, he keeps drawing loads of skeletons on pieces of paper. All right, creepy Traddles. Creepy. And then um, <laughs> as a parting gift, as um, Davy's leaving to go home to his mum's um, funeral uh, to uh, as soother of my sorrows and contribution to my peace of mind he gives Davy one of his pieces of paper with skeletons on them sorry your mum's dead here's something to think about yeah this is what your mum will look like soon here's a dreadfully morbid gift have a good trip home to your dead mum thanks <laughs> Treadles thanks thanks you know what's sad though what still the nicest thing that's happened to <laughs> yeah actually it's quite nice <laughs> thank you nicest thing I've ever received. Like, oh, Davy. Oh, Davy. Oh, Davy. Oh, so, well, you say it's the nicest thing he's ever received. Wait for this. So, so Davy receive a horsey tissue. <laughs> so, Davy goes home and has a funeral suit fitted with material so good that the guy he's fitting it says it's only good for a parent's death. Isn't he a lucky boy? Lucky. Lucky you. Lucky like, you. Like, well, I'm so glad I get to wear it. Yeah, literally. And then Davy's like in the funeral place, like, Jesus Christ. Um, does anyone know where my brother is? And the funeral director's like, in the coffin, he died too. <laughs> like, can people please keep Davy informed? Davy's like, cool. 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 Again, I'm going to need more therapy. <laughs> yeah. Jesus Christ. Um, Peggy comes to the funeral. Oh, and afterwards she's telling Davy about like his mum's last minutes. Katie, I'm gonna get the boohoo's out. I'm gonna get the boohoo's. <laughs> so um, she basically says, um, his mum went, Peggy, turn me to you for your face is going far off and I want it near. She was glad to lay her poor head on her stupid cross old Peggy's arm and she does like a child that had gone to sleep. And she died in Peggy's arms. Oh, <laughs> really? She got to die in Peggy's arms and not her kind of a husband. Marsh Marsh a little just... bit upset. <laughs> I crying. I'm very uncomfortable. It's <laughs> too much. So you can agree that she had appalling taste in men. No loyalty to her child. <laughs> no loyalty. But I do literally shed a tear for Davy's mom. <laughs> literally one single tear. Hey, what ended up in my mouth? Anyway, I think that was snot, babe. <laughs> the next day. Miss Murdstone fires Peggotty, which is just spiteful. She gives her a month's notice. I mean, Peggotty would have kept Davy out of the way. Yeah, it's just mean. So yeah. Well, you know what? You know what? Peggotty, pack up. Be like, bye, bitches. Leave a load of fish oh. guts in the in the floorboard. <laughs> yeah, and you can't turn the heating up. Leave the fires going. <laughs> Peggotty, I think she literally does say something like, "I'd leave now, but I feel like you know I have to stick around for you, Davy." Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she was like literally fuck them. Just take Davy, be like, well, we're leaving. You have no tie to him anymore. Well, fuck y'all. 
legal shit in it. But anyway, before she leaves, she manages to... <laughs> okay, this bit's hilarious. She manages to convince Miss Murdstone to let Davy come away with her to Yarmouth, back to the boathouse for two weeks. That's nice. Um, just because... Well, we've all had a time of it, Miss Murdstone. And Miss Murdstone agrees as she's getting some pickles out of a jar and she looks at them with as great sourness as though the pickles were absorbed into her eyes. So now... That's a lovely image, isn't it? We will call her Pickle Eyes. Hello, Pickle Eyes. <laughs> I just like, mm. Brilliant. Um, so yeah, they go off um, down to Yarmouth and Barkis comes to pick them up. Oh, hi, Barkis. This is your chance. And so Barkis is, is really fucking weird. Um, well, yeah, I'm willing. What? what now? So Barkis, um, <laughs> they're all sitting in the uh, a carriage, and Barkis keeps being like, "Are you comfortable?" And like, I would be if you kept up talking to me. And he keeps like squishing up to them and kind of like crushing them a bit, like, "Oh, is this comfortable?" No. And um, then they're kind of like, "Uh, uh, yeah, it's fine." And he's like, "Is this comfortable?" No. And uh, then they stop for lunch and they kind of have a picnic. And then he goes up to like Peggotty again, and like she nearly chokes because he's like comfortable. And it's like, cannot flirt. Oh, I nearly deleted the email. That would have been bad. (laughs) (laughs) All my notes are on. (laughs) No, can you imagine you're trying to eat your lunch and someone's distracting you and being like, I want to flirt with you. I want to kill you. I want to eat my fucking lunch. I'm like, Barkis, mate, chill. Chill. She will never like you. Clearly she's a lady who likes her food. She likes (laughs) making food. You are not helping the situation. Back the fuck off. Back off. However, Peggy's not interested in anyone else. And so she asks Davy what he would think if she did marry Barkis. Now, now notice this. Peggotty knows she is a big part of Davy's life, so she asks him how he would feel if she was to introduce another character into his life. Kind of a thing a mother might do, Just Clara. Maybe. <laughs> like, maybe an idea, Clara. R.I.P. Whatever. R.I.P. <laughs> I dried my tears. She was terrible. <laughs> she was terrible. But she was so abused. Yeah. Um. So Davy's Davy basically says, "Oh yeah, that's chill because um, if you were married to Barkis, you'd have easier access to the horse and cart, and you'd be able to come visit me more easily." And um, uh, Beckett's pretty much like I did have the same thought process, so it's very Beckett's rom- the best. <laughs> so it's very romantic, and then yeah, obviously Barkis kept asking if uh, she was comfortable, and she says, "And if I tried to do my duty by him, I think it would be my own fault if I wasn't well, if I wasn't pretty comfortable." Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I like Beckett's. You're actually hilarious, Beckett's. <laughs> I love you. <laughs> so, um, anyway, they arrive at the boat boathouse. Emily and Davy see each other. But, but, they get on? Well, for some reason, they pretend not to know each other, and Emily runs away, and yeah. Davy chases her. You don't um, chase people, Davy. Yeah, he catches up with her and swiftly tries to start necking her. Uh, she covers her. Yeah, she covers her lips and says, "I'm not a baby anymore." Because, yeah. It That's would what be babies cool. Do. Yeah, I have no idea. Anyway, Ham Weird. and Mr. Peggotty bring up Steerforth into conversation, and they're like, There's a friend. Why, Lord alive, if he ate a treat to look at. Yeah. <laughs> so, Why do you fancy children? He's a teenage schoolboy, please. <laughs> Still a child. So, um, Davy and Emily get comfortable with each other again and start Are they kissing. Comfortable? Mm, they're comfortable. And yeah, it keeps going about how much they're kissing, which makes me a bit uncomfortable. Um, Are they nine? Yeah, around about, yeah, nine. And uh nine year I find this really weird when when writers dive deeply into child romance. Yeah, it's gross. It's really gross and like and then they kissed and I was like, 
don't really want to think about it. I don't want to know about that. And they're, like, you know, in-depth love affair, like, how much they love each other. Like, they're fucking nine. They will, like, you know, they will break up and they will get over it and they will be fine. Absolutely fine. So, anyway, Peggotty marries Barkis and is very glad when the whole thing is over. (laughs) Because women don't actually seem to enjoy getting married in this. It's always a bit of an ordeal. Uh, Davy returns home. nice, isn't it? Yeah. Optimistic for the future for women. Lovely. Yeah. That's what we like. That's what we like to know. Uh, Davy returns home and is informed he'll be moving to, I presume, London because they, they always remove Victorian children to London. That seems to be the thing that they do. Yeah. You're a Victorian orphan. Fuck off to London. Get up to your ass to London. <laughs> so he goes to work. Uh, Mr. Murdstone owns like this wine factory. And so he... is he not going to school anymore? No. Mr. Murdstone's not paying for that shit. He can oh, go and yeah. earn a living. So, <laughs> yeah, he's going to have a job in Mr. Murdstone's wine factory gluing stickers onto bottles. I bet that glue's going to make it toxic. Yeah, it's not be good, is it? No. Mr. Murdstone says he'll cover his rent and his washing bills and Davy's wages can go towards food, drink and pocket money. So... I mean, he is also nine. <laughs> like, if you were, like, you know, starting to make your way in the world, you know, that doesn't sound like a bad arrangement. He's nine. He's nine. Be, yeah, He's should nine. be in school. Yeah. The next chapter is called, and oh my God, how much I fucking relate. I begin life on my own account, and I don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> At moment, like, you have to start paying for own shit. Whoa! It fucking sucks. You have to work. Again. <laughs> Nine. Nine. Um, so Davy goes to work at the factory and rents a room off a Mr. Micawber. Uh, this goes along not exactly nicely for a while because Mr. Micawber is in a lot of debt and debt collectors keep coming to visit and then Mr. Micawber threatens to kill himself. Uh, everyone's like Projecting screaming. Projecting on the nine-year-old. Yeah, and then uh, he recovers and kind of just hums himself out the door. He's like, oh no, too much, I will kill myself. Have they gone? Yaddy, yaddy, yaddy. This is traumatic. It's very traumatic. Just um, Davy taking an answer like, more therapy. Yeah. Oh, Davy is 10 now, by the way. So oh, yeah, well, that's him. all right then. Uh, but Davy is learning to budget and enjoys buying himself bread, cheese and beer. He's 10. You can't buy beer, Dave. <laughs> you can't get drunk at home. When did alcohol regulations come in? I don't know. I don't know either. Not but early enough, Not early clearly. enough. So he, yeah, he's got money in his back pocket. So he goes into this bar and he orders a pint of the finest ale. No, you didn't. You're 10. Go to bed. Well, what is this fucking thought process? So he orders the finest ale. They're like, oh, he's a child. He can't have enough money for the finest ale. Not he's a child, he can't have ale. Literally. So yeah, they're like, oh, you can't afford that. And um, he's like, I do, I can, and shows them the money. And they're like, okay. So they serve him, but Davy thinks it's a knockoff version. It's not the proper stuff. So then the landlord's wife slips behind the bar and gives him his money back and gives him a kiss that was half admiring and half compassionate, but all womanly and good, I'm sure. Like, So a fully grown woman just necked a 10-year-old? Like... Also, the thought process, like, you're a child, you can't afford nice beer. Oh, you can afford nice beer. Let's give you bad beer. But we'll give it to you for free, because here's your money back. Oh, these poor little child alcoholics. I'll give you a kiss. <laughs> Let's lick up his face. Like, what just happened? What? That's another one for the therapy book. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> I couldn't do it now. I was like, David lying in bed and I'm like, that was weird. That, that, was, that was weird. That, that was very weird. Yeah. So anyway, Mr. McCorber gets arrested and is thrown into prison, as they like to do to people who had debts, because that makes such logical sense. Yeah, like, but not if you're like, um, I don't know, the owner of Amazon. Oh, of course not. They wouldn't. Oh, yeah, I'd kind of be behind that if they did that with him. Yeah. Because he can afford it. But yeah, if you're poor and you can't afford to pay your debts, oh, go sit in prison. Yeah. Uh, I thought my next load of notes weren't going to load up for that minute. I'm like... Well, let's see how much I can remember off the top of my head. <laughs> well, then, what happens next? <laughs> anyway, um, so they move Mr. McCorber into prison. 
and uh, then his uh, family isn't there but eventually his wife decides to move in there with him and bring the children right. Davy moves into some other accommodation with another orphan uh, Mr Micawber has this kind of petition thing to get him out of prison Davy goes to visit him all the time to help with the petition it comes through so the Micawbers get out of prison and then they jump off on, on a coach and leave and leave Davy all on his own in London without a friend or um, Davy you, you have been fucked over mate you've been fucked oh wait so Davy is like I hate my job. I've got no mates. Everything's shit. I'm going to run away to that aunt's house that wishes I was a girl. I'm, I'm guessing family ties are pretty thin on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> so, and he's, yeah, he's only heard about her. So he gets his wages, he books his coach, and then he pays like this young guy to take his stuff to the coach. But the guy steals it and mugs <gasps> him. Yeah, it's what steals all his money. And there's like a thing as well where Davy thinks he might be mugged. I swear he puts like a coin in his mouth or something and the guy punches him so the <gasps> coin comes flying out of his mouth. He's like, you're a bastard! You're a bastard! <laughs> Dave, you've been so fucked over. So fucked over. So Davey then has no other option but to walk from London to Dover. Fuck it. How far's that? A lot. Some. <laughs> some, some. A lot of a ten year old little legs. Yeah, so it's been a bit of a shitter. So he walks. Davey's life is just terrible. This is terrible. An, an account of terribleness. Yeah. So he walks... A list of my life. <laughs> Woeful. Mm. So he walks for bloody ages and um, he decides to start selling bits of his clothing as he goes because he's got like alright clothes but he kind of um, does a bit of a uh, kind of hustling. Yeah. So he's like oh my master has sent me to like sell this waistcoat. It's really good quality or he wouldn't accept less than blah 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 for it. Yeah. And um, this guy's like okay yeah fair enough I'll sell the waistcoat. So he takes the waistcoat but then refuses to pay him. <gasps> for fuck's sake! But then Davy waits outside this guy's shop for like two days. I'm like Daisy mate you're not drinking, you're not eating you're on a ticking time bomb if you're going to make it to Dover. So he's like wasting like precious resources by waiting for this money and then this bit i think it's probably a bit racist um it Mm. obviously never says what race this guy's meant to be but the merchant is meant to be a bit not all there and he shouts at davy oh guru and it really is impossible to express how he twisted this ejaculation out of himself as he peeped around the corner around the doorpost at me showing nothing but his crafty old head um well alrighty then Oh, right. And on that note, Davey's like, you know what, you'll keep the money. <laughs> I think he manages to get part of the money. He's like, just give me fucking something. And the guy's like, okay. And he goes on. Only to get mugged again. Davey. <laughs> so he gets mugged by this other person. Davey, and you need to learn to throw some serious punches. And I think the guy's going to like... Uh, Oh, I think he's going to, like, take something else of Dave. Like, he's got a handkerchief or something. Let him take the handkerchief! And then the woman... There's another woman with the guy, and she pretends like she hasn't understood, so the moment kind of passes, and um, she kind of, like, half smiles at Davy, and then she gets beaten up in front of him. Oh, my God. So it's really fucking traumatic. It's a joyous walk. It's another one for the therapy. <laughs> yeah, oh, my God. I need a new notepad for all the therapy I'm going to need. Yeah. So, anyway, he finally finds his way to his aunt's house and is um, walking up the uh, garden path being led by her handmaid, which he's bumped, uh, which he's bumped into. Yeah. Uh, he looks up to the window of the house on the second story, and he sees... I lifted my eyes to the window above, where I saw a pleasant-looking gentleman with a grey head, who shut up one eye in a grotesque manner, nodded his head at me several times, shook it at me as often, laughed, and went away. Okay. (laughs) So there's a... A man had a seizure at the window. Apparently. Uh, we'll find more about that, yeah. more out about that in a minute. Um, so as we, as we could have probably guessed, Betsy's aunt is like, go away, no boys here. I mean, no boys, we hate you. I mean, fair. Yeah. <laughs> that 
that's how I react. Yeah. Um, and so he decides uh, that it's a good idea to walk up behind her and very softly touch her with his finger. Which is a bit fucking weird. Like, take your fucking hands off me. I will bitch slap you. <laughs> I will bite you. Um, he's like, family. <laughs> family. It's been so long since I've had human contact. <laughs> so um, he t- she turns around and is like, arm. And then he basically just explodes. And he's like, I have had a shit life. <laughs> I just imagine her face like, Ah! Um, well, she's like, he's properly hysterical, and she's like, have some weird medicine, and just starts pouring all these different medicines into his mouth. Fair enough. <laughs> so, um, the man in the window is called Mr. Dick. Amazing. <laughs> um, I was so caught up in the story that I did not realise until like probably another 200 pages after this point that Mr. Dick is funny. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. This guy's fucking called Mr. Penis. Anyway. <laughs> I'm Mr. Willis. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, Mr. Dick was a strange was the strange man in the window. He's really, really nice, but he's not all there, obviously. Yeah. He's a bit of a dickhead. Yeah, he's a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> no, he's, he's really sweet. Uh, so she tells Mr. Dick that this is David, David's son. Because Mr. Dickens can't choose different names, apparently. Now, what is it about Victorians? And them only having, like, four names. I know! Like, oh, I don't know, maybe we've got more names in more recent years. Uh, so the aunt really relies on Mr. Dick's guidance because he looks at things in a very simplistic way. Mm. And so she asks Mr. Dick, uh, what should they do with Davy? And Mr. Dick thinks, ponders carefully, and concludes they should wash him and get him dressed. And she's like, excellent idea! To the bath! <laughs> to the bath! Like, well, he smells terrible. So, let's wash it. Let's do that. And she's like, why bother with the big picture? Let's just get him washed. So yeah. they, sorry, my boyfriend is trying to call me. I'm recording a podcast. I'll call you back. We'll talk to you later. So um, yeah, she uh, is washing him and um, or he is washed and she gives him some old clothes that belong to her late husband. Uh, so obviously they're massive on him. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, Davy looks out the window and he sees his aunt and Janet, the handmaid, beating up some teenage lads because they're riding their donkeys over the kind of bit of green that's outside her house. So that's okay for punching them. Well, y- yeah, she's got this thing that she doesn't like donkeys going over that little bit. You'll find out a bit more later. Um, you and- can't hit children! <laughs> so she writes to Davy to the Murdstones, inviting them to come over and discuss this whole situation. Don't invite them. They're well killjoys. Yeah, they're terrible. You're not going to have a good party. And this is when I said last time that you and Betsy are very similar. And as she's writing the letter, she's um, contemplating about Davy's mum. And she's like, oh, she gets married a second time, goes and marries a murderer or a, main, a name that sounds like one. Yeah! <laughs> Murder, murder Like, ridiculous. Literally. Uh, so the next morning, we get a bit more of an insight into Mr. Dick. So, Mr. Um, Dick. Mr. Dick. He's uh, been writing a memorial of his life, but it takes him a really long time because he keeps because um, he's well old. He's well old. No, he he, th- he keeps getting the thoughts of King Charles the First in his head, <laughs> and so then he keeps accidentally writing about King Charles the First, and he's like, I just can't keep them out of my head. But sometimes he thinks about it too long, and he's like, because obviously I was King Charles, but I can't have been King Charles because he was born in this time and I'm born in this time. So someone must have put the thoughts in there to confuse me. But then King Charles wants me to write the thoughts, and I. Oh, Mr. What? Dick. <laughs> so basically, Mate, need some help. when Mr. Dick was younger, something went on like he had a fever and he he's blacked out this time because it was so traumatic and it's obviously addled his brains a little bit. Yeah. And then so after this, his brother wanted to have him put in an asylum. But Betsy was like, absolutely not. Mr. Dick wouldn't like an asylum and no one would. And besides, 
He's actually like the most intelligent person here. <laughs> so, and so she takes he him in. He doesn't hit children. Yeah, so she takes him in and looks after him. And Mr. Dick also has this other thing that he has too many thoughts in his head because he's dealing with King Charles as the first thoughts yeah. as well. And so he goes out and flies kites and he thinks he's putting thoughts on the kites Aww. and then he airs them and he's like, just air the thoughts. Okay, everything's clear now. Okay, cool. I just needed to air my thoughts for a while. Was King Charles the Mad King? He was the one that got beheaded. And so he's like, so when they beheaded King Charles, somehow his thoughts got put into my head. So yeah. they spilled out of his and got put into mine. And it's very hard to keep them separate. And so we'll be writing a memorial and be like, but that's King Charles. That's not me. Or is it? Or is it? Who am I? Very confusing. You're Mr. Dick. <laughs> so the next day, the Murdstones arrive. Oh God. And the donkeys ride up, obviously to everyone's dismay, over the green. No! So Janet comes out and tries to lead the donkeys off the grass, and Miss Murdstone starts hitting her with her parasol. And I was like, knock her off! Yeah! <laughs> like, off. So, um, and the boys leading the donkeys stamp all over Betsy's flower beds. So it clearly is a bit of a thing. The boys are kind of dicks. Yeah. So I was like, I can kind of see why she's pissed with the whole situation. Uh, then uh, they come into the sitting room and Betsy kind of traps Davy behind a chair so he can't escape and has to listen to everything going on. Um, She's like, you will listen to this. So the usual goes on. Miss Murdstone says that Davy is the worst boy in the world and the aunt points out that if Davy's mother hadn't died, he wouldn't have had to go to work in London and therefore he wouldn't have run away. Therefore he is a product of his circumstance, not nature. And <laughs> Betsy's taking no nature prisoners. Nature over nature. <laughs> uh, the Murdstones basically reiterate that Davy is absolute shit, uh, and that like, they have you met yours in the self? Have you heard your name? <laughs> have you heard your name? Have murderer? you had fun ever? Like, and so th- they basically say they will take him with them now. But if Betsy says no, they won't reopen the offer, and that she has to look after him forever. Betsy is all a bit kind of like, oh, because I haven't just met this boy, and he's a boy. Um, so she asks Mr. Dick what he thinks they should do, and Mr. Dick ponders, and he thinks on it a while, and he basically goes, we should have him measured for a suit, because these so- uh, clothes are way too big for him. <laughs> and Betsy's like, brilliant, wonderful, yes, that's what we should do. And so, so she commends Mr. Dick for being a genius, <laughs> and tells the Murdstains to basically stuff it, and that she doesn't believe them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and um, she, oh, and then she's talking about um, Davy's mother, and she delivers this. And she goes, and when you had made sure that of the poor little fool, God forgive me that I should call her so, and she has gone where you won't go in a hurry, because you had done wrong enough to her and hers, you must begin to train her, must you? Begin to break her like a poor caged bird, and wear her deluded life away, and are teaching her to sing your notes. Basically, you're a fucking groomer, and you conned her out of her money, then you wore her down, broke her, and she died. So get the fuck out of my house, mic drop. Oh, wait. And as a final remark, she says that if they ever come here again with donkeys, she will knock Miss Murdstone's bonnet off and tread on it. (gasps) Yes, Betsy. (laughs) Get the fuck out of my house. Get the fuck out. So we do like Miss Betsy. Let the door hit you on the way out. (laughs) So the Murdstones leave, everyone is buzzing, and then really weirdly, the aunts decide... Swing and a miss. Uh, Betsy decides that she's going to rename David. <laughs> because if he had been born a girl, she would have insisted that he was called Betsy after her. But obviously she can't call him Betsy because um, they strongly conform to gender norms. Yeah. So she changes his first name to Trotwood, which is her surname. 
His name's David. So, yeah, so now he's Trotwood Copperfield, but they think that's um, a bit of a mouthful, so they call him Trot for short. This is literally the most traumatic thing. Have you? I, I don't know if you... It's ever... really bad. You can't take away the kid's identity. Well, you yeah, can't they... take away anyone's identity. But... Yeah, but they talk about, like, adopting older children and, and changing... trying to rename them. It's a no, 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 no. Big no. Yeah, like, it's so detrimental, but obviously he's fine. Yeah. Um, well, maybe after everything else, he's like, you know what, that, as it comes, that is quite low on the, on the abuse scale. Yeah, actually. <laughs> yeah, uh, compared to everything. Yeah. Trot, was it? I'll take it. I'll take it, I'll take it. Come to the new suit and some warm clothes and some warm bedding, I'll do it. Well, it's all right. come to a new home. Come to get settled. Now he's got to go back to school. <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> this kid can't catch a break! For some reason. So The yeah. same school? No, so she goes to like look at the local school and everything. And I think, yeah, they decide that's fine, but he can't live there. And because, and I, I cannot stress this enough, this school isn't that far from the house. So um, they conclude that basically she sh- he should live in town with um, his aunt's lawyer, Mr. Wickfield, because apparently Victorians can't take other- care of their own fucking kids. Also, apparently you can't do like a what? A 15 minute walk to and from school every day. I think it would be a coach journey, but still. Like, oh, what? Didn't, didn't Maybe, you... yeah, he has to live walking distance to the school. But anyway. But... So he goes to live with the lawyer who has a daughter called Agnes and the... Is she hot? She's a similar, similar age to Davy. Yeah. 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 Um, in a child way. <laughs> in a child way. And, in like a kind of pedo way. Yeah. And uh, the lawyer's assistant, Uriah Heep. Because wow. obviously Dickens likes to show that someone is going to be a villain. Yeah. Uriah Heep and Agnes the angel. Literally. <laughs> so... Just, Uriah is way cooler than Agnes. Uriah. It's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. It does have slight urine vibes. But... It does. Urea. Uriah. Yeah. Uretha. Mm. <laughs> kind of getting this kind of stench of infection yeah. with it, but I kind of like it. He's a heap of a man. But anyway. I thought it was a woman. Uriah heaps a guy. Oh. Yeah. Uh, Uriah for a girl, I like. I like. Oh, uh, no, he's a guy. In a kind of He's a lawyer assistant. It's like a, a trainee lawyer, essentially. And can't have women in this. No, world. obviously not. Women can't have jobs. No, no, no. <laughs> oh, so then it's kind of like cruises through Davies, like, rest of his life till he's a young man kind of um so he goes to school ends up fancying loads of girls gets in scraps has a punch up with a butcher boy one time uh agnes is the same age as davy but her sole existence is purely to look after her father and her father admits it's a monotonous life but says he can't cope without her and it's all quite selfish really well then yeah. hire someone you've clearly got money yeah don't throw away your daughter's life literally um then we meet okay this is kind of like put a pin in these guys remember for a later episode we meet dr strong and his wife mrs strong um but they're a bit oh, gross they're quite strong yeah they're very they have a strong bond yeah. well they're a bit gross because there's a massive age gap and gross. they met because he was mates with her dad and gross. then her dad died and he kind of was looking after her. and then he was like she's in the dark want to get married I could put my penis in that. Yeah, so mm, it's a little gross. Yeah. Um, then we get a letter from Peggotty saying <gasps> the Murdstones have sold up the house and moved away. Couple of home-wrecking con artists. Those clever, clever bastards. Those clever, clever. Also, so Mr. and Mrs. Murdstone. Um, Sorry, not Mr. and Mrs. It's, well, Mr. and Miss. Yeah. They're totally banging. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, they're totally banging. Yeah. Um, but yeah, anyway. they're too weirdly close. Yeah, and then um, we hear something chilling from Mister <gasps> Dick because uh, they come to like visit him. Something and... chilling from Mister Dick. From Mister Dick. Lol. Hilarious sentence. So uh, that he says there is a man that comes and hides in the shadows outside um, the house and scares Betsy. Um. But who is he? And we don't find out for a really, really long time. <laughs> that's, 
Very dark. Very dark. So there's this scary person in the shadows. Gross. Gross. Uh, Betsy, kill him. Yeah. Fuck him. Stamp uh, on his bonnet. Okay, lol. We'll finish up after this bit of this section because this is funny. Okay. Yeah. One day, Davy goes to have um, afternoon tea with Uriah Heep and his mother. Mm. And Uriah Heep is all, we are very humble. Thank you for blessing us with your company. We are so very humble. Oh, so very humble, are humble, we? Humble, humble, humble. So when all of a sudden, the front door's kind of open and who walks past the door? Mr. Mastang? Mr. No. The kid. No, Mr. Oh. Micawber. He, he was renting off the guy that was always in <gasps> debt. Because it's a small old world. And so he's moved into the area in search of work. Spoiler, he doesn't find any. Ah. <laughs> and, um, is it because he doesn't need work? Is it because he needs work? He needs work. So yeah, he can't find any. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Yeah, obviously, obviously. Hire him. The capitalism. <laughs> so when he leaves, he basically writes a note saying, I might uh, commit suicide, there's no work, and leaves town with his family again. Brilliant, great. Which he keeps doing repeatedly. But before he leaves, David goes to have dinner with him and his family, and they eat loads, get really drunk, because casual David is a child. Yeah, let's get drunk <laughs> with the kids. Let's get pissed. And there's this bit where they all sing Old Lang Syne. Mm. Now, you know Old Lang Syne, the song. Yeah. And so they're all singing it, and they declared they would take a right gold willy war, and they all had the least idea what it meant, and they were all really quite affected. Why are we still doing the same shit? Every year we sing Old Lang Syne, and we're like, what the fuck does it mean? This has been going on for hundreds <laughs> of years, Katie. I thought it was called Lang Syne. Lang Syne. I'm pretty sure that's right. So I don't fucking know. <laughs> no one knows. And what does it mean? What does it mean? Oh, wait, what? The definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. Why are we all insane? Also, why is a song like, should all acquaintance be forgot for the sake of old Lang Syne? And why do we sing it in news? It's literally like, well, we all had to get on because it was Christmas, but now yeah. y'all could fuck off for another year. Literally. But we don't... And it's been going on for years. I just find it really weird and culty. Mm, strange. I hate it, but I also kind of like the tune. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Oh my God, it is a banger. And they knew it, it back then. It is a banger. And they knew it back then. It's so. still going on today. We're still singing songs that were like... And then you look up the lyrics and you're like, what the fuck? What the fuck? Round and... Well, I, I don't really sing... Round and round roses? How does that go? Ring around Ring of roses. Ring around of roses? Fuck knows. <laughs> ring around because yeah, because it's ring around the roses because it's meant to be about the plague, isn't it? Oh, disgusting. And then because he had like the red blotches, which is like yeah. a ring around the roses. Disgusting. Yeah. Why? Why are we all disgusting? But then um, they rewrote that because it was like a tissue, a tissue, we all fall down. Yeah. They die. The cows are in the meadow eating buttercups. A tissue, a tissue, we all jump up. Zombies? Zombie ap- yeah, zombie apocalypse. <laughs> Gross. Um, Davy might actually be an adult by the time he's getting pissed, but it doesn't zombies? change the fact that <laughs> it doesn't change the fact he got pissed as a child. A lot. So when we pick it up you next, got mugged a lot. You got mugged a lot. <laughs> you can't rob children. This is kind of the end of Davy's um, childhood. Next time we'll be picking up, he is a young gentleman. And is he quite well adjusted? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, very unrealistic. Bullshit. Bullshit. No, I always thought this, I mean, it's problematic talking about JK, bitch, um, at the moment, but I always found it quite JK Rowling, in case anyone lives under a rock. It's 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 transphobic. Bitch. Mm. Um, But we love Harry Potter. Mm. Um, But I always found it quite problem, not problem, like challenging in Harry Potter when they're like, oh, Harry, you have such a great gift you can love. And it's like, well, when you think about his upbringing, that is quite amazing. That is amazing. He should be so fucked up. He should be so fucked up. And then like when people get so angry at Harry, like sometimes he yells at Ron and Hermione. That boy has never known love. Literally. He is allowed to find it hard to adjust sometimes. I'm thinking right now we should do a bonus little episode of us talking about our new obsession with Buffy. 
And our problems with that. I fucking love Buffy. Let us know if you'd like that, guys. Because, yeah, we're going to wrap fucking up David Buffy. Copperfield for today. Yeah. Well, thank you for tuning in, everybody. And although I think all our listeners already do um, follow us on these things, if you would like to come on over, at the moment we're doing a lot of posts on our stories about how problematic the world is. I don't know what this accent is, but apparently when you do plugs, you have to do it in a very bad New Zealand accent. Accent. <laughs> so uh, here we go. Here we go. It might go Australian. It might vanish. Who knows? Like said, it's been a long time since I've acted and it's getting boring. It's going to a stereotypical cockney now. Yeah, we will see. If you want to follow us over on our Instagram, you can find us at unclassical underscore podcast. If you follow us on Twitter, you can find us at unclassical underscore pod yes it's different usernames are very annoying these days and they have to be different lengths on different things so you think you're okay and then it's the same with passwords it's like this password has to have full stops in it this one has to have only uh, only capital letters and you're like you yeah. know I want to use the same password for everything <laughs> why do you make my life horrible god why do you hate me you can also follow us on Facebook at unclassical the podcast um if you search unclassical in any of these places you will see our black and white faces pop up yeah as in the pictures black and white we are white um, <laughs> but support black artists yeah do that as well and other just black people yeah um you can also head over onto our patreon which is unclassical forward slash patreon forward slash money yeah <laughs> forward slash dollar please give me um, some yeah we have no money artists artists we are getting funded now at long fucking last a bit are we yeah, the government one point five. Oh, I thought you were us personally, and I was oh, like, no. you didn't tell me that. Just <laughs> keep creaming it off. Where's my fucking money? <laughs> I was like, we're getting funded by who? <laughs> no, the arts in general are getting funded by the government. Finally, mm. drop in the fucking ocean. <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are our plugs. Yeah. We're unclassical. Yeah. Don't be racist. Don't be sexist. Yeah. Um, and don't vote Tory. Yeah, don't do that. We'll Save see the you. NHS. <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Bye.